0: Glad you could join us for episode 117 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne as we continue our discussion of Joss Whedon's Space Western Firefly starring Nathan Fillion and Ron Glass. And Wayne, tonight it's a very special kind of episode. Yeah,
1: definitely. This is the very first time I ever saw Christina Hendricks, so, you know, this is a big, big part of my life right here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi TV rewatch at com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail via the speak pipe tab. You can also record your own audio clip, send the MP3 as an attachment, or just send us a tweet at sci-fi TV rewatch. And we'd encourage you as always to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there, which have been pretty lively lately. And finally, Wayne and I'd appreciate it. if you get the chance, head on over to iTunes and give us hopefully a five-star rating which will help our podcast visibility now you know Wayne I was going to talk a little bit about ratings this week until uh, you sent me that email that you got caught up on all the shows and you know that's better to talk about but just real quickly you know sci-fi Friday how's it doing Uh, well for the week of June 26th for Defiance which would be episode three they had 1.157 million viewers which was up about eight percent 0.24 uh, 0.24 in the f- 18 to 49 bracket. Dark Matter, also episode three, a little over a million, 0.20. And Killjoy's, a little over a million, 0.22. So they're all doing okay. They're a little light, um, and I'm surprised, in that 18 to 49 demographic. So, you know, what that tells us is, is the audience is a little bit older, which is not necessarily a good thing in terms of keeping a show on the air. Again, but I think for. S- Friday night. Right and I exactly so still haven't seen the live plus three or live plus seven. Which is really
1: what I mean. Like honestly, like nowadays, like no one. If if there's a million people watching it as it's showing, that's to me that's incredible. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. No question. You could probably. I don't. I I don't even know how many times you can multiply that by by people who are going to see the show. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, now, just to give the numbers
0: some perspective, season five of Lost Girl on Sci-Fi. Now, admittedly, it did already air on Showcase, but it had a high of uh, 0.23 in the 18 to 49 demographic and 880,000 viewers. And that was episode 506. And then it had a low of 0. 0.12, just over half a million viewers on episode 504. Season four averaged point two seven seven hundred seventy seven thousand viewers on Sci-Fi. Pretty good numbers to me, though. The big question is, what happened to Defiance between the second and third seasons? Because season two of Defiance averaged a point four four in the uh, eighteen to forty-nine demo, which is pretty good, and a little over one and a half million viewers. And while the total viewers for Defiance is still in the ballpark. The younger demographic has really shrunk, so who knows? Yeah,
1: who knows? I don't know. It's been a but while what since do- last season, so maybe man, maybe just people forgot. I don't know.
0: Uh, maybe. But what we do know is you got caught up. I did. Let's start with Falling Skies, which is the final season for that show. What do you think so
1: far? I like it. You know, so far, it's, uh, we see a, uh, a darker Tom Mason here.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure I thought he could
1: get any yeah. darker. Well, he did. And uh, and we're not even sure like what the deal is with him because as uh, I think as Pope pointed out, you flew up to the moon and now you're back here. Like, how does that happen? You know, And he can't yeah, with explain no, it. No explanation. He can't explain yep. it. No one else can explain it. But yeah, it's cool. Like the, they got the skitters on the run a little bit.
0: Well, you know, the thing I like is that it seems as if the story arc will head in the direction of them linking up with freedom fighters from around the world, right? Now we've got word that they're in South America and, and you know, obviously other parts of the United
1: States. Well, with the Volm Lenin, though, they're like dragging their feet on everything. They're like, oh, I don't right. know, we can't set up communication, dude, you know? like.
0: Well, which begs the question, I mean, is it going to take a war of the world's solution for humanity to you know, defeat the aliens in this case. I mean, you know, you, you see those battles that we saw in the last episode with all the skitters overrunning the compound. It's like, oh my god, how how many bullets are they going to need to take care no of? No
1: kidding, that? man. That and hats off, dude. That that was an awesome scene. Like just that whole with the the waves of skitters coming and they're just mowing them down, mowing them down. I think that this is going to end up with. There is going to have to be some way of coexistence here. You know, like if you, you look at like Weaver, when Tom talks about wiping out every single Skitter, like the war's not over until the last Skitter is dead. And he's a little horrified by that, you know? Like the the true root of common humanity, I think lies somewhere in between and, and not genocide, right? Right. And, and that scene in this last episode where the, the no, I can't even remember
0: who it was, that was just like beating the crap out of, oh, it was the the black guy who, yeah. who just lost his friend and you know like you said he was sort of horrified that tom would stand by and let that guy just essentially torture that skittle uh, that skittle (laughs) that skitter it was the yellow Um, and i hate those again it's you understand the emotion in that case well
1: you do but also that even as the watcher i'm like wow that's messed up like and you know, I wanted time to stop it. Weaver wanted time to stop it, you know, but he did yeah and you kept you kept waiting for Weaver to say something,
0: yeah. and he he finally didn't I guess he but didn't weaver want had, to, you know, uh, killed the,
1: the skitter on the defiance, and I just got caught up on this last night. This is the most freshest in okay. my memory now, so
0: okay, well, I loved the red wedding solution wow. that the writers
1: used wow. was i mean solutionally, why did they have to kill off that whole family? you know that was brutal. That's like Red Wedding in episode one.
0: Yeah, and now you said you wonder why they had to, and, and I agree with you. I'm not sure I know why, but I'm okay with it. You know, I like it. It's so bold on, on the parts of the writers. Very bold. No question about that. Yeah. Uh, but I guess the problem I'm having is the TARS. Right. And that they're just continually the bad guy they just continually do one underhanded well, thing after another what
1: they do like always i
0: understand I, I understand that but everybody knows that about them you know it's almost as if you need to kind of turn things around a little bit and have something happen that forces them to be
1: i don't want to say good guys but at least somewhere in the middle well i think her little fling with the what, what's the, the the purple guy Oh the, the the enchanter I'll call oh, cuz that's what the Obex is after it is. Data calls them the enchanters. You know it seems like that will be the salvation for defiance, right? Their yeah. their ship. But as we saw in like the the first episode of the second one I can't remember but you know there's like a ship out there with like loads and loads of those people that like they're the most dangerous people they were so dangerous they 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 tried to kill them all, right?
0: Well, he keeps telling everybody it's just two of right, them but left. There's, a, there's, there's loads own, of
1: them. Right. There's we armies know that. of them waiting out there. So I think, you know, like we know that in the uh, short term, that the alliance with this guy is going to work out probably for Defiance. But that in the long term, if they're able to get that ship up and going, they're going to be in big, big, big trouble. No question. Now, the one character,
0: though, that I'm really waiting for. For something to happen to her arc, and that's Doc yule who
1: right. obviously has been skin ripped off of her body. But. Well,
0: okay, so clearly she harbors a resentment little bit, yeah. about that. Something's gonna happen. I mean, she's one of those. The thing I love about her character is she's just reluctantly good. She doesn't want to be right. So I, I'm she's waiting like for something to happen. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I know what you're saying, and I agree with that, but. I think she's even a little darker than him. And of course, Han Solo didn't have his skin ripped off. Through that. All right. Now, two of the new shows on Sci-Fi Friday, Dark Matter, which I, I'm really loving. And I'm loving both of them, to be honest. I, I like Killjoys a lot too. Uh, nice twist with the clone. Yes. Well. Or or whatever yeah, it is. right.
1: We don't know. Because they said clones only last like a short amount of time, right?
0: Yeah. Two yeah. days or something like yeah, that. So,
1: yeah. but. So the question is, well, then what are they? Because that would make sense, right? Like the minute we saw, like the real—I can't remember the guy's um, name—but that real dude, that we realized, oh, well, they're they're copies, they're doubles of these people. They're not really the people. Maybe there were people who got, you know, like, you know, maybe they were surgically changed to look like the other people or something. But but Uh, you could tell uh that they're they're not. Killers, they're not criminals, right? Well, yeah, they were but, apparently, but, the, but they don't act like it, they don't have that mindset. All of them, they want to help people and stuff, you know. But see, and that's what
0: I love is you know, as we learn about the characters in the present, we're learning about them in the past as they're learning about themselves, right? In but the past. is so it like themselves? Said, though, that's the thing, I, I, I mean, it right. seems
1: and, not really, though, because, right. That, the real and dude that's the showed up. Of it. Yeah. So clearly there's yeah. like the the real people, the people who actually committed these crimes are out there somewhere and that the people w- one through 7, right? Six, seven, 6, 6, 6. Um I you know, I always think that they Zoe Palmer. I, I like at first I just said, "Oh, she's going to be 7." And they they never named her. They just call her the the android, right? Right. Um so yeah, like so these people 1 through 6 somehow they are like copies of the actual people that they're not really these hardened criminals and i don't know but yeah it's a compelling yep. show and it's fun it's funny it's that's fun. one that's one theory i'm not sure i yeah i, I like that theory uh well they well, gotta be know, it, right it, I mean, we saw well, it I we guess. saw it firsthand the the okay. dude the actual dude was well we don't know he's the actual dude well seems like he it says
0: he is okay well we'll see but the you know
1: the was he was like a, the actual criminal type person like he was like cold-blooded and nasty and mean right yeah so. no yeah
0: i agree uh the scene i loved you know because most good sci-fi deals with uh issues that are you know going on in, in uh contemporary society and the what i loved was when they went to the casino because this is something that always really bothers me a lot and, and I've still got the numbers confused, but the girl that's in charge. She's
1: uh, uh, two.
0: Two, and she takes the young girl to the she's casino. five. Right. And they're playing blackjack. And they're thrown out for cheating. And she's like, well, what do you mean we're che- you're counting cards? Well, well how, is, how is using our intelligence cheating? Right. And I never figured that out, how, they, how casinos get away with that in real life.
1: Well, I mean, the actual – the way they count cards is, like, a lot more underhanded. Like, the the one guy will sit at the table and count cards. And I read a whole book about this stuff. And then when it gets to a point where it's good, he'll, like, signal someone else. And, like, another person on the team will come in, place, like, a really big bet on one hand, win – And then clear off. You know, that's kind of how they caught these people because they, you know.
0: Right. Well, you're talking about like 21, right? Well, yeah, and that's a little bit different. But anyway, we don't want to go too far there. Um, Now, the last show uh, is the Killjoys, or not the Kill, just Killjoys. And I really love the dynamic with the three characters. So, you know, the three main characters so far. Um, And I love, love, love the red box arc. I mean, it is just perfect. I mean, it's just there in every episode. Uh But just for a couple yep. minutes.
1: Well, she's got something she's got to do,
0: right? Yeah. And uh, well, it's supposed to be she's got to right. murder whoever. Right, or, but we don't know who or what or why. Or, or why, why.
1: yeah. But, but we do know that she did not
0: follow instructions on this last yep. one.
1: Yeah, so. that's good. And uh, she's awesome. Aaron Ashmore uh, has bounced back from his tragic role on Lost Girl to uh, – to solidly nail it in this show, yeah, he's yeah, awesome, I, I like agree. it, and the guy playing his brother, I can't remember his name, but you know it's like it's you know it's it's fun again, just like dark matter, they're not these despite being called Dark Matter, there is a very light touch to that show, same with Killjoys. you know like there's there's serious stuff going on, but it's also like a really light touch, a lot of there's comedy in there, there's funny stuff who's it number four on dark Matter is he the yeah, he's the the one that I'd like to have thrown out the airlock. Ah, he's the one I'd like to go get a beer with, man. He's hilarious, yeah. Oh you, know? <laughs> you you, him, and Jane. <laughs> right. He's Jane. Exactly. Oh, that's the thing. I'm watching Dark Matter. I'm like, this is Firefly, right? Like A lot of people think it's, that it's like the same kind of setup. Well, I mean, not the same kind of setup, but it's it's you know, very similar in, in to Firefly. And and what nailed it for me was was that guy, number four. I'm like, oh my God, he's Jane, right? Like he's the guy who seems like he's kind of the whole soulless, heartless guy, but actually he's actually okay underneath. And yeah, I yeah. like it. I like them both. Right, I like cool. good. good right. th- I, you know, when I emailed you today to tell you all, the listen, to all the shows that got caught up on, I'm like, oh my god, it's like five shows. I'm like, it's supposed to be summertime, man. All right, well, listen. Speaking of Firefly, yeah, since that's, we're 15 minutes in, right? We're here to talk about. Episode
0: six, Our Mrs. Reynolds, written by Joss Whedon, directed by Vondi Curtis Hall, who plays Ben Urich in Netflix's Daredevil. Now, I've only seen the first episode, so I'm not sure who he is um, in Daredevil. And Hmm. interestingly, he only has 13 director credits. Uh, This one aired October 4th, 2002. Now, before we go on, you know, I've mentioned a couple Firefly Facebook groups that that I – you know, follow. And and I know you follow at least one of them. Uh, One is called Firefly is Awesome Browncoats. And that's really big. I think that's got like 8,000 members. And then the other one is Joss Whedon's Firefly. It's it's somewhat smaller, but they're both really active. I certainly encourage you to check both of those out. All right. Now, you mentioned to me before we went on the air, uh, the guest star in this episode, Christina Hendricks. So you do watch Mad Men or you don't?
1: I, I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's done now, though.
0: Yeah, but but you, you, you so you did recognize her in Mad Men. of
1: course.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: I, I've never seen Mad Men, so I have no My idea God. what she looks Man. like in yeah. that. Oh, she's she's <laughs> got, she's got a major role. Okay, she's, she's like one of the leads. She yeah, she's huge, huge role in Mad Men. So okay,
0: all right. Well, before we get into it, just real quickly in tonight's Firefly actor news. Uh, Ron Glass, who plays Shepard Book. And, you know, he really hasn't done a whole lot. You know, certainly uh, some of the older viewers know him from Barney Miller. I don't even know if Barney Miller reruns are still being rerun. I love that show. Uh, He has done two episodes of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., one, I believe, in each season. Uh, Done a CSI, CSI New York in 2013 and 14, and then Major Crimes in 2013. But that's pretty much it. So... You know, I'm not sure if he's in retirement or semi-retirement or what, but you know, he's just awesome, and I'd love to see more of him. He was awesome in in Agents of Shield, so.
1: Yep. Anyway, and he was. Did you mention the uh, the Odd Couple when they re-brought back the the Odd Couple back, probably the mid late '80s? No, as a sitcom, it was uh, him and so you know he played the the Felix Unger character. Oh, okay. So.
0: All right. Well what we've got here, Wayne, is a classic con man story, or in this case con woman yeah. story. Are we to understand that the crew of Serenity was hired as muscle to rid the town of bandits? Yes. Okay. All right. So uh so we got the opening scene and it's, you know, straight out of a westward expansion scene, group of bandits stops a floating wagon. And you know, I happen to see a shooting script on the internet, and a lot of these make their way out to the internet. Is it real? I mean, it certainly seemed real. The dialogue was spot on, but it was interesting at the beginning where it, it actually called for a floating wagon in the water. But if that's not possible, you know, a regular wagon will do. You know, just as well. Obviously,
1: they were able to do the floating well, was wagon. Was it floating?
0: Yeah, yeah, really? it was
1: floating. I, I didn't. I just, on the guess rewatch I always assumed that it, there was like a regular wagon just. Yeah, it's got big 55-gallon drums as floating oh. devices.
0: But we've got Jane at the reins, Mal wearing women's clothing. And the bandits decide they're going to use force. Well, you know, that was a mistake because they get taken down by the crew. And, you know, it was, really struck me. There's a lot of killing on this show. There,
1: there is. Yeah.
0: You know, You know, for a show that has so many, like you talked about the light touch of Dark Matter and Killjoys, joys uh, firefly is certainly even lighter but my goodness there's a lot of killing I, and i'm good with it you know it's not graphic well, a lot of it's not dark boring. matter and kill too though right well well there is i agree but we also now in this scene have the classic sci-fi action move on zoe's part yes. as she leaps out sideways slow motion does she have a gun in each yes, hand probably
1: she does, yes. And Have you ever seen uh, the movie Hot? Fuzz? I know you haven't, so I know it's rhetorical. But this movie Hot Fuzz, no. it's by the guys who did Shaun of the Dead, and it's um, it's like how Shaun of the Dead kind of uh, is like a uh, uses zombie horror movies as its inspiration. Uh, Hot Fuzz does the same thing for cop buddy action movies, and uh, and Simon Pegg plays the the straight-laced super cop, right? And Nick Frost is kind of like the goofy sidekick who's admiring of this super cop. And and he says, did you ever, you know, fire your guns in the air and go arg, like like, uh, Patrick Swayze does, uh, or not, Keanu Reeves does in Point Break? He's like, no. (laughs) So it's just like this whole thing of like cop, like that, you know, jumping sideways and firing two guns at once or, you know, like... When you're upset, just firing a gun in the air going, ah! Well, I have
0: seen the community episode about preferred registration. Right. uh, Anyway. All right. Well, then we go to this night scene, and the town's engaging, singing, dancing, general merriment. kind of takes us back to the last episode where they're at the wedding or whatever that event was during the day. Right. Except Um, there
1: wasn't any drinking going on at that one.
0: Yeah, true. And and Mal's explaining to Inara why he was wearing the dress instead of Zoe. Uh, and then this older man we see giving Jane a rain a rainmaking stick. And, of course, there are all sorts of uh, sexual yeah. references to that stick and playing with the stick in this one. Uh, we see Zoe and Wash cuddling. And it just looks like everybody's relaxed, having a good time. Uh, later in the evening, we see Mao with this crown of flowers that the girl's given him. And, and again, you know, like like we've said, probably should stop saying it. These watches for me, it's only the second time I've seen the episode.
1: For you, it's probably four or five at yeah, least. I don't even know how many, but yeah, it's been a lot.
0: The next day is Serenity
1: Prepares for the It's Eve, funny that you said it. I mean, but I always remember this episode, the first time I saw it. So I, I didn't know who Christina Hendricks was at the time. And watch this. I'm like, wow, that's that's a really attractive girl, but it seemed like she was just like a, just like an extra, right? Yeah. Like she's just some girl. She gives them a crown of flowers. She dances with them. And then, and that, that's it. Right. So, yeah, I I remember she's obviously a very striking looking woman. I remember saying, wow, that's just a really good looking woman there. Too bad. She's just an extra. And then obviously she was way more than just an extra, right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, all right, well, the next day, Serenity's preparing to leave, and of course, there's an alliance ship that's about to land, so they've got to. <laughs> okay. We, we gotta got to go. <laughs> uh, the elder in charge thanks Mal and tells him he hopes to see him again. So, you know, I, I guess whether they've been to this planet before, we don't know, but, but clearly they rid
1: uh, the town of the bandits. Right, and, and, and that's something, right? Because so far we've seen them getting paid for breaking the law, and I guess there probably are because they like killed people and stuff. But still, they were doing something good, right?
0: Yeah, well, sure. Like, I mean, morally and, and unquestionably
1: a good thing. Saving these people from a, a group of bandits, and they're getting paid for it,
0: right? And because we don't get the idea that there's any kind of sheriff or deputies or anything like that, and you know, no law enforcement per se. So yeah. Serenity's now in the air, mouse putting things away in the hold when he spots the girl who gave him the flowers hiding amongst the cargo. And I don't know about you, but I don't know the last time I've heard the word
1: cleaved used <laughs> in this way, anyway. I think it's it's a vocab word for ninth grade, I think. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: tells him she's cleaved to him and is surprised that the elder didn't explain the situation more clearly. Yeah, he,
1: she says, I'm to cleave to you. He says, To Wabbahoo? <laughs>
0: Mr. (laughs) Mr. Reynolds, sir, I'm your wife. And it's like, okay. (laughs) And we go to Act One, and and obviously at that point we go to the uh, theme music and the credits and all that. All right, Malcolm Reynolds, Richard Castle, Nathan Fillion. I mean, he is at his best when he's just speechless, right? And is presented with a situation that what?
1: Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm trying. That's actually a good point. I, I'm just thinking now, I'm like, who, who better does speechless than Nathan Fillion? You know, just like nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that's so, true. uh so Mal calls for Zoe and tells her to call Wash. I guess to help him get to the bottom of it. And of course, she calls for the entire crew yeah. so that they can share in the bliss. Mm. <laughs> uh, look, obviously, Malcolm can often be blunt, which is often interpreted as cruel and and it's difficult to chastise him for his attitude towards the girl of course at this point we
1: don't know what's going on but he he he's clearly like I definitely didn't agree to any kind of marriage like there's the, Jane how drunk were we I I don't know I, I passed out <laughs> um well you know Kaylee is it's Kaylee not, it's, 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 I mean this the whole scene is so freaking funny you know it's just
0: Well, you know, one of the things that I guess I forgot that that really comes out in this episode, and we've certainly talked enough about the budding relationship, if you won't even go that way, uh, between Inara and Malcolm. But, you know, there's so much that's there, and and certainly a lot comes out in this episode. While Kaylee's ecstatic, hugging the girl, you know, in the background, we see Inara looking sort of shocked and and pissed. And and pissed. And Mao wants to turn the ship around, but Wash tells him it's not possible. And I'm not sure. It probably doesn't matter but whether it's it's something technical or whether it's the fact that the I think it's they'll be they'll, able to catch Yeah, up. It's,
1: they can't go back to that plant just yet. There's a reason okay. why they left so hurriedly. Right. Um, but everybody's getting a good laugh out of it, even though I don't think it's really clear that anybody knows what's going on but right. either way... But they do think it's funny, and and Mal points that out to Zoe. He's like, you know, one thing we have in common is we're the only two that don't think this is funny. Right. Which isn't true, because Inara doesn't think it's funny either. Yeah.
0: Well, and in fact, uh, Mal tells the girl to stop crying, which which prompts Inara to step in. For God's sake, Mal, could you be a human being for 30 seconds? And And of course we know... She's angry at him for a completely different reason right. than him being mean to the girl. Sure. But
1: that pisses her uh, off,
0: too. Of course it does. And and it turns out that she was compensation for an unpaid job. So I guess it's the deal that these people didn't really have money to pay Mal but and they, Cruz. They so,
1: because they left, right? I mean, we assume that they were paid. Yeah, you know, there anything like, as he's leaving, like, hey, you're going to give me that extra, you know, 50 bucks or whatever. So,
0: uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, the, uh, the, the rain making stick. But, but yeah, I, I guess we just don't see the the payoff. But but regardless, it does seem as if
1: she is partial compensation. I think basically, Dave, what we're looking at is the evils of alcohol, right? Well, there if, you go. If Mal had just um, kept his head, none of this would have happened.
0: Yeah, well, I, I love it then. Book asks... I think Simon, does he have an encyclopedia? Right. (laughs) And he determines that last night's activities actually did constitute a wedding according to the Triumph Settlers. So he tells Mal that now he's the one that needs to talk to the girl. And that's then, you know, when that line you just mentioned that they're the only ones that think this is funny. And the camera then goes to a close up of Inara again, and she's looking even worse
1: at this point. Well, which again, you know, that's, this whole this episode really i mean does the the for for shippers it's frustrating but you know it does advance it far as we totally see how I and mean, we know how they feel about each other but for anara at least it kind of you know like you know she kisses him she's really concerned about mal at the one point so you know we get some i guess validation uh, of that, uh, that shipment there, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the other interesting thing, I mean, it, you know, if we can go back in time to when the show actually aired, and I mean, you, you know, you have shows like *Farscape* *Andromeda* that have the same kind of situation. You know, we're on a ship, we've got a small crew like this, and you know, in both cases, they would encounter a character, and you really don't know. Because, yeah, I guess IMDB was around, but not, not used like it is today. But you really don't know, is this character just a one-off? Or is this character going to be added to the crew sure. in the
1: storyline? Right, right. Well, she tells him. Yeah, and at, at this point, we're like, well, maybe he does take her as his wife. Maybe this is a new character. Yeah, like. Exactly, right.
0: Mouse talking to the girl who's really upset, and she asks him if he's going to kill her. And he's like, kill you? What kind of, what kind of yeah. town do you live yep. in? Yep. Uh, but she goes on. Right, well, and, and that's
1: well. part of it. Is what, And she mocks him for it later. Because I, I'm going to put it out there right now. I know the first time that I watched this, I did not see where this was going at all.
0: Well, I don't know how you could.
1: I, I Yeah. I, I But I, I usually pride myself on picking up on things and, and understanding it. And, and actually, even rewatching it, there's really – nothing there except for her whole character is so like crazily out of step with, with everyone else. Right. Like she's this whole submissive act is, is insane to a degree it seems. But, uh but the, you know, that's easily explained away. Like, well, that's what things are like on her world. We didn't really get to see her world. So I didn't see that what happened coming at, at all. Um, Well, right. I mean, she talks about, uh, I forget
0: exactly what the term was, but, you know, that that basically all the potential brides were kept together and that she saw her other sisters that were, you know, wedded to fat men, ugly men, mean men, you know, and all of that. And, uh, you know, that she considers herself lucky. She tells Malcolm And, and he says, you know, you cannot stand for that. Right. Someone ever tries to kill you, you kill him right back.
1: <laughs> right. Actually, that's one of the first bits of advice I ever gave to my son when he was old enough to understand. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, he exp- and then he goes on to explain to her that she possesses the same rights as anybody. She's not
1: property to be tossed aside. Sure. And like I said, she, she mocks him for that later, right? She, she says, oh, well. Uh, you know you tried to tell me to be strong and everything like, like she kind of throws it back in his face, but that's kind of like that's like the awesome thing about Mal, right, like we've been talking about this whole time is that he seems to be cold hearted but he really has a huge heart, yeah, no question.
0: I mean he tells her you know you have the right to live and try to kill people, so well, she asks what he plans to do with her, and he tells her that you know we're we're almost a week out of Beaumont decent sort of planet he'll help her find work well she thinks it's going to be as a whore and then he go again he immediately tells her No, there are factories farm jobs and then she starts in i'd be a good wife and then the next thing you know she's in the kitchen whipping him up yeah. uh, you know whatever it is well
1: i just want to take a step back for a second because there was this one part when the, the whole crew was still there and and kaylee says something to mal In I assume Chinese and Mao says something back in Chinese and we don't know exactly what they're saying but on the other hand we know exactly what they're saying you know that's what I love like how they did they they combine the languages here where they they throw in non English words but we totally get what they mean by that even though we don't understand the words themselves so it's just awesome how the show does that yeah no question Um, and
0: there are a lot of websites out there that provide the translations for us. But, but, but we don't uh, need
1: it. You know, like Kaylee, exactly. you know, like said something like you're being a, a D-bag. He's like basically says back to her, "Give me a break and mind your own business." You know, like I'm sure like it's something like that. I mean, I didn't look at the translation, but to me that's what right. they said. Right. Now we learn her name Saffron
0: and like the email you sent me and it was very brief, but but I know exactly what you meant. This is you know, is it the best episode of the series? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly- No, uh, War Games, gr- I think. It, or War Stories. Oh, okay. War Stories. But it's, stories we, we but it's certainly a great episode, yeah. and it's got some of the classic lines. And after Book explains the situation, if you take sexual advantage of her, you're going to burn <laughs> at a very special level of
1: hell. <laughs> the special hell, yeah. that That's a awesome level- how he- he That comes back like time and time again in this episode, so-
0: a level reserved for child molesters and people who talk at the theater. <laughs> right. <laughs> people talk at the
1: theater. Yeah, it's great. I mean, Joss Whedon wrote this, right? So it's just like- Sure. It's like, what was the very best episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? The pilot? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Joss Whedon wrote it, right? I mean, he's he's a genius. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. It's not even putting it lightly. It's like, it's you can- And I'm not saying the other shows that other people wrote- weren't good but this one like the writing especially just kicks it up a notch you know what
0: i just realized today as i was just getting my notes together and just looking at stuff you've seen much ado about nothing right i haven't seen his yet though okay it's it's really i use it in class the kids love it um but sean marr plays don john right i didn't you know and i've seen it i don't know how many times i just never made that connection are you serious I know. I know. Wow, does he look that so, different? Uh, no, not in retrospect. Dave, <laughs> <Steve. laughs> I, I know, I know. All right. Well, Saffron makes Mal some food, insists on serving him while Zoe and Wash sit by, and and it's not clear whether he doesn't finish the meal because he actually did eat before, or if he just doesn't want to encourage her. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he Wa- ate before, Wash happy, right?
1: Because. We've pretty much been with him since they left the planet, right? Right, and the crew usually eats together. I yeah. mean, at least what we have seen.
0: He goes to Enaros to hide. Well, before but before we get
1: there, though, yeah, this is like cause Zoe and Wash are there, and and she won't let them touch Mal's food. And she goes to Zoe. Well, everything's laid out if you want to cook for your husband. And Wash goes, isn't she quaint? Yeah, which like we see, which we've mentioned before, like how the hell does this relationship between Zoe and Wash? How does this go? But I mean, for Zoe to be someone who cooks for for Wash is obviously ludicrous and and therefore hilarious when um, when Saffron says that, right? Well, and it even happens a couple times in the episode where Wash
0: is the total innocent because saffron says something or does something and zoe blames wash
1: right as if as if he did yeah. well she's, pissed. she's a, a woman like saffron like is the just the complete antithesis to zoe and it pisses right. her off right she's just like i can't stand a submissive woman right because that's so not her
0: right well i mean the, you know wash is just innocently trying to explain that you know world's that we visit, you know, have some peculiarities. I mean, for instance, this one world, you know, where
1: they were into geese juggling or whatever. Right. But Dave, you've been married I, longer than I have. And I we both know you recognize the signs and you just keep your mouth shut. Right? I know. <laughs> and Wash foolishly just blunders, right? Like he can see where it's going. I know he can see where it's going, but he just keeps going. He keeps shooting off his mouth and, you know. What surprises me is that he's surprised that she's mad.
0: Well, that's a good point, yeah. So well, Mal goes to Inars to hide and finds her online making business plans. But he finally asks her, you know, and and, and they're in their relationship. That, you know, he's pretty open about what it is that's bothering her, and she gives him some pretty open answers up to a point. But he asks her if she's mad at him because he's got a bride or because he's planning to get rid of his bride. And she tells him she thinks it's degrading. And he jokes about uh, having a bunch of children. And then she gets angry and tells him to shut up, which obviously prompts him to leave. And then it's like, I wasn't looking for a fight. And then there's Jane standing in the hallway with his big ass gun. Always do seem to find one though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, That's um, (laughs) uh, it's man. Is that classic Jane or not? Classic Jane. And, you know, he when um, Mal walks out and he sees Jane there holding the gun. We're like, because we know Jane. We, we we've established that Jane is a little sketchy. He's not one hundred percent team Mal. He's kind of in it for himself a little bit. So when he's holding the gun, like our first thing is, he's he's you know playing some violence on Mal here.
0: Yeah, and, and I think Mal thinks that <laughs> yo clearly at the, at the very beginning. Right. But then he starts talking about how he acquired this fine automatic rifle, Vera. and it be, it becomes evident that he means to trade it for
1: Mal's wife, Saffron. And yeah, and like like Mal's just like like he you know, exhales like, oh, this is a you're offering a trade. And he's like a trade. Hell, this is theft. Yeah, right. And, and you know, Mal's not horrified because it is, after all, Jane, and and just walks away. But right, but. What 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 is there is that Mal does have some reluctance about Jane, and understands that Jane is, let's face it, a dangerous guy. He's not necessarily the deepest thinker, but he is capable of extreme violence.
0: Right now, Saffron overhears their conversation. Tells Mal she'd rather work on the planet than be wedded to Jane, and then the next thing you know, she's got him talking about his childhood being raised on a ranch by a single mother. On which, I, I guess it's true,
1: right? Yeah. Well, why why he I he's know. he's not a liar, right? Well, uh, I mean, not when he's you know <laughs> not one on one, you know, like he's right, a liar right. if doing a job he might lie, but like in this instance he has no reason to and he wouldn't. Right. And I guess you understand why he loves
0: being in space the adventure because he i guess grew up he had on a, a ranch love
1: being free right being right. able to do but, what he wants to to on a ranch and yeah like these this love of freedom which would have kind of driven him to join the the brown coats which is still is a big part of him now
0: and i guess we have to wonder is he softening towards her is her
1: Well, at the first time I watched it, yes, that's what I thought. Now that I watch, I realize she's just so good. You know, yes, he is softening because she is manipulating him, right? All right. Well, we cut real briefly to two space pirates and
0: it's pretty clear they plan to hijack Serenity should she come their way and, you know, that they've got some kind of net, which at that point, we're not exactly sure
1: what that means. Um, you know, we, I think we the first time I pictured a really big space net, like in Bugs Bunny. Well, Bun, so did you know, I. Road runner. Sure. Well, well, I did too. Like they're going to have like some big arm that would just come out of their ship and just whoop,
0: catch him. That'd um, be cool. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, well, Mal returns to his quarters. I mean, we have the scene. We've, we've kind of already talked about uh, the scene with Zoe and Wash arguing over, and like you said, he should have been smart enough just to keep his mouth shut. Sure. But, but Zoe, certainly you know realizes that this girl is trouble,
1: yeah, which is great because Zoe's like the only one well, anara later, but well, it's yeah, because the guys have trouble seeing beyond the exterior, right? Here's right. a very attractive woman, it's all good, and the women, on the other hand, are like they are resentful of it,
0: well, I think Inara is building a case, right, you know you know because of her education and then kaylee is of course kaylee well mal returns to his quarters to find saffron naked in his bed she's just warming it up for him yeah wanting to consummate the marriage and you know the whole furrow and the plow and all (laughs) good bible
1: good bible But but Um, he's trying to. He says he's trying to hold on to what's morally right, which is what he says. And that's like even with her naked in front of him, he is still like, no, this this isn't right. But he is a man. It only goes so far.
0: It only goes so far. And walking naked towards him, she tells him, no matter what, she wants her wedding night with him oh, I'm going to that special <laughs> hell. <laughs>
1: it's, it's it's a little bit like Huck Finn, right? I, yeah. I, all right, I'm going to hell. I'll just yep. accept it. She's not going to take no for an
0: answer. Kisses him hard. He passes out. Son of a... And when she says, night, sweetie, we're thinking like, what the hell? And then obviously we know, ah, oh, okay. Okay, now we get it. Now we get it. So, and then... If we don't get it, she immediately makes her way to wash in the cockpit, and we're thinking like, "Oh, dude, do not let her in. (laughs) You are a dead man on so many levels." But she's
1: she passes herself off as this innocent babe in the woods, right? Yeah. So no one like suspects her of any kind of ulterior motives. Like she's naked in in his bed. Were anyone else, Mal would realize he's being played, right? Yeah. Because she has acted out this whole innocent thing so masterfully like Mal doesn't even consider that he's being played you know he just no, accepts I, her for what she is I, right
0: but she does kind of come on to wash i mean she you know she shuts the door behind them and and, and he even talks about you know the fact that he's married and he, he wishes he wasn't right uh, but you, know, you it, it's a, it.
1: but again she's played so masterfully even wash doesn't think she's up to anything subversive or you know anything Negative, you know, he just thinks, "Oh, she, she really is just coming on to me. Oh, I'm awesome." So clearly, you know, like, well, be, well, because she realizes that Zoe doesn't respect him,
0: right? Is you know, and he he mentions then, which you were kind of getting at earlier, that not everybody understands our relationship. But yeah,
1: not everyone gets me and Zoe at first glance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which is which is funny because that's what we have we've already been talking about that, right? On, on this podcast saying like like how does this relationship happen? And even Wash is he, he's able to step back and see that that you know people it, it seems unusual that a woman like Zoe would be into a guy like Wash.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah. and uh, you know again I keep bringing up war stories the, the episode that we will see later, but that is a a big part of that episode. Which I'm really, as you can tell, I'm looking forward to watching again.
0: Yeah. Um, hits him over the head, knocks him out, takes control of the ship, and clearly she knows what she's doing. We're thinking, like, what the hell? And she starts disabling stuff. She starts ripping wires out yeah. from she's the console. Kicks him in the back of the head. Yeah. And uh, we we learned that her plan is to take Inara's shuttle, or, or not, I guess, Inara. They, just have, they have a couple shuttles. So she's going to take a shuttle. But she runs into Inara, and now she's trying to con her by telling her that I want you to teach me about love. Yeah. And Inara says, well, come to my shuttle. An alarm goes off, and we're not sure how, but Inara knows she's lying, but compliments her anyway, yeah. <laughs> which was a good scene. Like, oh, you're scene. good.
1: It's like, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and who are you? Malcolm Reynolds' widow. <laughs> takes the shuttle and leaves serenity so at this point we're, we're you know okay so she got away but we've still got the problem of the two bandits and their net because at this point we really don't know that she's
1: working with them well i know I, because like the bands are like oh man she's she's awesome or something right yeah so i mean yeah w- uh, yeah at this point do i think right yeah yeah
0: but And Nara runs to alert everybody else. Everybody knows something's wrong. She finds Mao unconscious on the floor and is really worried, kisses him, and then realizes that she, too, has been affected by whatever it was that Saffron employed. Well, she knows. She's like, oh, you stupid. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, So now everybody's recovered. The whole crew is there. Simon explains exactly what happened. He, you know, talks about, you know, uh, I'd get cases in the emergency room all the time. I forget what they called it—the night's Kiss, um,
1: I think, or something like that.
0: Yeah, and Inara is still groggy herself, but she says, "I'm comfy." But, but and, she's like, "I, I just fell down." Right, right. <laughs> but nobody seems to have put together the fact that she
1: kissed Mal. Right, and, and they don't know where they're headed. But, well, she's adamant about. You know, saying that, that she fell. Oh, I, I just fell.
0: Like you know. right, like Wash. Yeah. Right. But Saffron changed the coordinates so they know they're not going to Beaumont. All right. So Wash and Kaylee are trying to repair it as best they can. And, of course, they are, are admiring the extent to which Saffron went, disabling the ship. But tell Mal it's not going to be a quick or easy fix. And and then we get into the whole not admitting that she kissed Mal And points out that Saffron had training in seduction. And then we learned that it was likely at the academy.
1: Yeah. It's so funny because she says, you know, you don't play a player. And actually, when when I was was taking my notes, that's exactly what I wrote down earlier um, when – you know, Inara busted Saffron. I'm like, you can't play a player. So I don't know if I was remembering that line from before or I just came up. It was hilarious when, when she said in the episodes, like, hey, that's what I wrote earlier. Yeah. Right, and then the line that gets Mal's attention,
0: she tried to seduce me too. All right, so we cut to the two pirates, and now we learn that Saffron was working with them serenity's headed straight for their nets which turns out to be this big like i don't know electromagnetic yeah
1: exactly what it's this electromagnetic kind of field that if they go through it they're probably all going to die and be fried as the ship passes through it but even if should they survive that the pirates will come on and kill everyone who's who has survived so they're they're dead right now this next thing i'm going to say I should have
0: mentioned to you about last week about the spoilers, so um, you'll know what I mean when I say this. Uh, Book realizes they're scrappers and have no desire for survivors. And then Jane says, "You know, someday you're going to have to tell us how come you know so much about crime. Well, you know, we, there's a lot of mystery. Like we talked about the ID card uh, that got his uh, gunshot wound attended to, and now we've got this." And then using Jane's big gun, Vera, Vera. they take out the scrappers uh, and make it through the net unscathed. Yeah, well, it's it's
1: kind of cool. Cause, like, I don't know if I caught this before, but you know, he, he hits the breaker so that the ship will pass through safely. And then he shoots out the window of the ship, and you see the bodies of the two pirates shoot off into space. Oh, I didn't see him shoot yeah. off. That. I, saw the, I saw the bullet holes in the window. Yeah, this time I caught it, man. Like the... the that you see the two bodies actually flying out of the ship. No, oh, that's
0: cool. Yeah, and then he says, "Now let's go visiting." So then we cut to Saffron, and I guess it's a snow-covered planet. Uh, it's it, certainly at least wherever she is, and she's got makeup on. In fact, she looks like a companion at this point. Yeah, she looks hot. M- Mal bursts in with his gun drawn, honey. I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> and after they roll around wrestling, he's got her pinned and gives her the short that the, uh, you know, I have people that trust each other's speech and tells her he wants to know one thing straight up. What's your real name? But he doesn't <laughs> wait around for an answer. Yeah, he, he waits a little yeah. bit, but not very long. Yeah. Not very long. He just, and you know what? You're right. He, there is a pause. And I think he realizes she's trying to figure out a lie yeah. to tell me and then just knocks her out. But then my favorite scene, well, I don't know. I had a lot of favorite (laughs) scenes in this one, but but the the closing scene, Mal comes to visit Inara in her shuttle to let her know that they'll arrive in Beaumont a day or two late. And he tells her, and really seriously, because a lot of their banter is really... Catty
1: and nasty. yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah. And he says, you're a very graceful woman, Inara. And we know he means it at this point. And then he recounts her coming in and finding him. And we think we know where this is headed, and then he tells her, oh, I knew you let her kiss you. <laughs> and
1: well, but it's funny week- because like you think he's going to say, you kiss me, right? right and exactly. she starts to like lean into him a little bit and look up. Like you almost hear the music playing in the background. There was not music playing in the background, but you almost hear it. You're like, oh, here it comes. And then right as like, he could say. You kiss me, I know you love me, blah 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 blah, blah, blah you know romantic stuff. he says, "I do you let her kiss you like that, and like he walks off smiling, and she's like still standing there like with her head upraised, like waiting for the kiss, it's just like that that wet bucket just dumped on the whole you know the whole thing,
0: yeah, so uh, and then that's how we end, and uh, you know, like you said uh, it's it's just really a great so, episode good. On,
1: yeah, so uh, good, yeah so good, yeah.
0: Now, what could have made it better is there was a deleted scene that was, you know, pretty important. I guess. I mean, uh, you know, I often wonder why they decided to cut this scene, but then because I guess it needed it comes to get down to
1: forty-two minutes.
0: Right? Well, and, and right, what else would you cut to leave this in? And you know, the scene I'm talking about, right, with with uh, River demanding that Book marry her and Simon, and you know. Them trying to explain to her that, no, you can't. He's your brother <laughs> and all of this. And then accusing Saffron of being a thief, which obviously is true. But, you know. So if you haven't seen it. Yeah, well, I haven't seen it, actually. Well, no, no, I don't mean you. I, mean no, I the, haven't. The, I'm surprised. Oh, you haven't? Yeah. Oh. Is, is well, it on the DVD? What? Yeah. And, and you know, look, I, I've mentioned this before. It's probably been a while. For all the DVD sets that I have, and, like, I don't know if I have as many as you, but I have a lot. I, I rarely watch the, you know, the extra yeah. scenes and no, things I, like I, that. I, I don't think
1: I, I've ever watched any of the extras on Firefly at all. And I've had that DVD for ages.
0: Yeah. And and uh, Joss Whedon says that it was one of his favorite scenes. And the, you know the interesting thing, and now you you go back and think about it, that as it turns out, Summer Glau doesn't have any lines
1: in this right. episode. Right, I think she's just—they show her briefly, just in the one scene where the whole crew gathers in in the uh, the hold, right? Right, and
0: we n- notice that uh, compression shorts have you know carried into <laughs> into
1: the future. <laughs> Those things are timeless. Into the, into man. the future, <laughs> they
0: are exactly. <laughs> Great episode. Anything you want to well, add to and, it?
1: And there is a, a line that's important only because Christina Hendricks will be in a future episode. Another amazing episode of Firefly, and she says at, at the end there, she says, "You're assuming the payoff is the point." You know, so he, like Mal just says, "Well, obviously you were trying to grab our ship," and she's like, "Well, not necessarily." Like she probably just gets off on. Having the upper hand, right? Yeah, and, yeah, the game. Yeah, it's exactly the game. Yeah. yeah, have you seen the wire? I saw the first two seasons. Oh, okay, because they're always saying that it's like the game. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, it, that's that's what she enjoys, right? She enjoys the the whole the whole thing, like making suckers out of all these people. That's like really what she liked. So,
0: yeah, and you know, there's that quote by nathan fillion uh that's you know i mean i certainly read about it in the firefly groups and i'm just paraphrasing talking about firefly that it never had a chance to suck you know that 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 it, it, it you know its life was so short it, it burned so brightly you know and and so many things are unresolved because we just didn't have time to resolve them and You know, this was a big start in the relationship with Mal and Inara and
1: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that's that's a great point. You know, that you know, we we all any Firefly fan complains about how it got screwed over, how good it is, and it never got even like a second season. But then you think about that the other hand. It you know, it's it's like uh Ian Curtis, Brian Jones, you know, like Jimi Hendrix, like they never got a chance to be old and lame. They'll always be young and intense and beautiful. Kurt Cobain, you know, like Kurt Cobain will never be, you know, singing Smells Like Teen Spirit in Vegas with a horn section behind him, right? He'll always be you know what he was it's this and it sucks i'm not saying it's great that these guys died but they'll always be like firefly just like young and beautiful and artistic and amazing and they'll never get a chance to not be that were you into yes at all eh, a little bit okay
0: so i, I was a big prog rock guy right. and uh i just saw a concert of theirs from 2015 i was horrified
1: <laughs> right you know just
0: no that's not the yes i remember but
1: yeah well you know i mean the rolling stones i could say yeah you know i mean like they're uh, they're not necessarily lame but it's it's a show now but when they were young they were rebellious and awesome and you know like pete townsend is almost deaf everything he's still awesome like he's still a good guitar player but he they, he wrote the words, I hope I die before I get old a, a while back. And, you know, it's just like, so there is that, right? There is that, that kind of locked in time type thing. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Dave. So, well, anyway, why don't
1: we close on that? I want to thank you guys, as
0: always, for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about Firefly, Dark Angel, or anything else you think we should be watching or anything else you know that we are watching, like we talked about tonight i uh, also like to encourage you to join the Facebook group. And if you're already a member, spread the word. Uh, you know, really, anybody that's in the group can sign anybody else up. Uh, we're all administrators. Right. Uh, and emails, as always, to Rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week with Dark Angel, Season 2, Episode 6, titled 2. But until then...
1: You know, I think every guy at some point says to themselves, but she was naked and all articulate.